my spooky friends and welcome back or if you're new here welcome to after the ever your podcast dedicated to all things paranormal and macabre hosted by yours truly me the pumpkin queen so i'm pretty sure i made a realization this weekend watching yellowstone i don't know If you guys have all seen that show yet, but I have recently jumped on that Yellowstone bandwagon and realized that the Wolfman and I are basically the Beth and Rip of the suburbs. I say the suburbs because we are not yet currently living in the country, living our best lives, but we're going to get there someday. That's the dream. So I am thinking this because while we're watching the first couple episodes of Yellowstone. You know how Beth is all crazy and running after the wolves in the woods like a psycho. The wolf man turns to me and says, I don't really care for her character that much. I'm like, it's because she's crazy, isn't it? He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, if you watch the show, Rip doesn't care for her crazy either all the time. But if memory serves me right, you kind of like my crazy So basically we're the same person. He didn't get the correlation, but I did, I guess. You'd have to be me, right? Well, I don't know why I had to go on this Yellowstone rant, but the show is fucking fantastic. So you gotta check it out. What's up next? All right, so I hope everyone is doing well. Per usual, it's that busy time of year, but what can I say? I like to stay busy, and I have some pretty exciting news. Drum roll, please. I have a new job. I'm super excited about it. I am back in the dental field. Quick backstory, I've been in the dental field for about 14 years up until the last three years, and I figured it was definitely time to go back. So I made the jump and I'm really excited to help grow with this brand new practice. I'm talking brand new, six months baby office. I am so excited. I think it's gonna go really far. The doctor's fantastic, the assistant's amazing, everybody's like family. So I'm really excited to see where this goes. Oh, before I forget, quick shout out to Mama Jack 87 who guessed that movie slash book on Tuesday's Instagram post on the pale lady. Thanks for playing. Hope you're doing well. And there was one other shout out I wanted to give that haunted show. If you guys have not heard the latest episode, you need to go check it out. I am telling you five star podcast. Love him. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's enough of my life updates and shout outs and rants. Let's get to business. So I'm really excited to bring you this episode on Skinwalker Ranch. I've heard stories on the paranormal activity on the ranch, but never really went down the rabbit hole until now. So grab your blanket and light your candle, or if you're listening on your way to work, grab your cup of coffee and settle in for the ride. Skinwalker Ranch, also known as the Sherman Ranch, is a property located approximately 512 acres southeast of Ballard, Utah. The ranch has a pretty famous reputation to be the site of paranormal and UFO activity. 
Skinwalker Ranch got its name from the Navajo legend, Vengeful Shaman, a.k.a. Skinwalkers. Now, I'm sure you all are familiar with hearing stories of UFOs from TV shows, movies, documentaries, so on, etc., etc. So I'm not going to waste much time explaining UFOs and what they are. I'm going to focus more on the Skinwalker legend itself. After all, property is called Skinwalker Ranch. I found some really great information in an article on Haunt Jaunt's Witchy Wednesdays, Skinwalkers in Navajo, Legend by Kelsey Morgan. Looks like she wrote this article in July of 2017. Let's get into some of this information. Based on the Navajo legend, skinwalkers are said to be medicine men, spellcasters, or witches who have achieved the highest level of their power before choosing their abilities for evil rather than good. Using their powers to shapeshift into animals, their intentions are only to cause harm to others in a form anything else other than human. So basically, they were never their human versions of themselves. They always transformed. Their original name is Yi Naldushi, which translates to, by means of it, he goes on all fours. So legend has it, to become a skinwalker, a witch must kill a family member or relative, after which then they are endowed with the power to wear the pelt of any animal he or she wishes. Now because of this legend, it's considered taboo to wear the skin of an animal in traditional Navajo culture other than just the simple buckskin or sheepskin, though those are also only used in religious or ceremonial purposes. Though skinwalkers can supposedly transform into any animal they choose, the most common includes owls, coyotes, wolves, foxes, and crows, as these animals are seen as the real harbingers of death and danger in Navajo tradition. Similar to the taboo of wearing animal pelts, it's also reportedly dangerous to even speak out loud of a skinwalker for fear of summoning one right to you. Because of this, many traditionalists might refuse to even discuss this legend in fear of angering one. But for the most part, using the word skinwalker by itself is perfectly safe as they're not likely to respond to something in a language that's not their own. But to call out the true name of a skinwalker, that's basically the equivalent of fuck around and find out. So I will not be fucking around and finding out. Yeah, I don't think so. So some folks claim that the skinwalkers run on all fours, even when they're in human form. Oh my God, it just reminds me of that picture a freaking like humanoid the ones that you always see on youtube or those clips of videos like running for you on all fours and they're all nope no thank you others say before they transform into an animal skin walker witch might disembowel itself leave its intestines hidden somewhere in the woods before escaping in their animal form yeah big nope 
This is not going well. This is terrifying. <laughs> what actually makes skinwalkers so dangerous? Supposedly, the reason there isn't actual physical proof of one is because anytime someone gets too close, the witness seemingly just ceases to exist. Sorry guys, that was my phone. Otherwise, a skinwalker having once been a witch has the ability to ruin everything in your life. Targeting you, your family, your friends. Yikes. How do you know you're near one? Other than the strange appearance, appearing as animals, but in unnatural ways, they're also said to reek with a stench of death. So they're stinky too. Freaking awesome. Skinwalkers take on all the traits of the animal they copy, including strength, hunting skills, and some have been reported as running at incredible speeds, even chasing people in cars. Okay. So all of this backstory leads us back to the ranch. Some have called this ranch supernatural. Others have deemed the property cursed. Terry Sherman, the former owner of the ranch, got so spooked by the happenings on this new cattle ranch that 18 months after moving his family of four to the property, he sold the 512-acre parcel away. Terry and his wife, Gwen, share their chilling experiences with a local reporter in June of 96. They'd seen a mysterious crop circle, UFOs, and systematic and repeated mutilations of their cattle in an oddly, almost surgical and bloodless manner. But not everything the Sherman saw on their property was skyborne UFOs. They also claimed to see a mysterious large animal, most notably a wolf, three times the size of a normal wolf that Terry himself shot at at close range multiple times with a rifle with seemingly zero effect. Within three months of the story's publication, Las Vegas real estate magnate and UFO enthusiast Robert Biglow bought the property for $200,000. Using the name the National Institute for Discovery Science, Biglow set up round-the-clock surveillance of the ranch, hoping to get to the bottom of the paranormal claims. This whole phenomena inspired a book, Hunt for the Skinwalker. Here are some accounts as follows. On the night of March 12, 1997, after the ranch had been sold off, a biochemist, we'll call him Keller, working with Biglow's National Institute for Discovery Science, claimed to see a large humanoid creature spying on the research team from a tree. As detailed in the book Hunt for the Skinwalker, the creature was approximately 50 yards away, watching the team safely from a perch on a tree 20 feet off the ground. The large creature that lay motionless, almost casually there in a tree, said Keller. The only indication of the beast's presence was the penetrating yellow light of the unblinking eye as they stared fixedly back into the night. Yeah, no. And this thing doesn't blink? Yeah, I'm good. So after Kellner actually fired at the creature with a rifle, it disappeared. It was then that he saw a single obvious oval track 
about six inches in diameter embedded deeply in the patch of snow. So it was winter. I guess I didn't know that. It looked unusual. A single large print in the snow with two sharp claws protruding from the rear of the mark going a couple inches deeper into the snow. It almost looked like a bird of prey, a huge bird of prey. And from the depth of the print, the creature was very heavy. Repeated sightings of human-like creatures had have led some to invoke the name Skinwalker, a shape-shifting character from the Navajo tribal folklore. For reference, the Sherman family ranch was 400 miles north of Navajo Nation. It was next to Ute territory. While skinwalkers don't feature in Ute religion, there are still aspects of the ranch that make sense within the contents of the Ute lore. Other strange sightings have occurred directly next door to Skinwalker Ranch at Bottle Hollow, a 400-acre man-made reservoir on Ute land which was filled with fresh water in the 1970s by a federal government mandate. In 1998, the police officer saw a large light plunge into this reservoir and then reemerge, flying off into the night sky. One night in 2002, four young non-native men standing on the reservoir's shoreline saw a blue and white ball enter the artificial lake. According to the hunt for the skinwalker, the glowing ball dove into the water just a few feet from the shore. Then it emerged seconds later in a new form. It was like a shimmering, maneuverable, belt-shaped shaft of a light. After this light performed a brief little dance in the air, the belt of light zipped away at a high rate of speed, hugging the ground before disappearing below the top of the Skinwalker Ridge. The appearance of the supernatural around Bottle Hollow makes sense with the context of the Ute belief. According to the Utes, the spring and certain waterways were reservoirs of negative power. There were evil spirits that would rise up out of the water and drag you back in. Welcome to present day. Skinwalker Ranch is still owned by Robert Biglow, he and a team of scientists have created so much interest. You can actually watch the two-season show documentary. It's on Hulu and I believe IMDb. The Wolfman and I actually sat down and watched it. We were pretty hooked. So if Skinwalker Ranch and paranormal activity is your thing, I highly suggest you check it out. Well, my spooky friends, that is all she wrote for today's episode. If you made it this far thank you so much for listening if you want to help support the podcast please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast give me a like and a follow or review follow me on instagram at after the ever and don't forget to swing by the show's website aftertheever.com to find the contact me page if you have any listener stories or even some suggestions for an episode i'll post the links in the show notes below Thanks again to my spooky production team. Please check out their links in the show notes for their artwork and music. Thank you all again for listening and look out for the next episode. Hopefully it won't be next month. So until next time, stay spooky and to the wolf man. Oh.